Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of Worldwide Tax Daily. This week, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, six months later. President Trump signed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act on December 22, 2017, saying that the law would be a boon for the economy. Now that the law has been in effect for a little while, I'm joined by Tax Notes Today Editor-in-Chief Brett Ferguson to talk about where things stand. Brett, welcome back to the podcast. Morning, Dave. Has the TCJA lived up to its promises? It depends on your situation. There's no question that the tax cut was big for the vast majority of people and businesses. It's going to make tax filing a lot easier for most individuals. But if you run your own business, there's a lot of outstanding questions about who can use this new uh, Section 199A pass-through deduction. And that's uh, going to complicate tax planning for the year. Remember, we're already halfway through the year, and uh, with the, the 199A regs expected to come out any day now. There's going to be a lot of planning going ahead still, and and people are trying to to sort that out. I mean, among the questions that they have is, who even qualifies for the deduction? Uh, It all depends on what kind of business you are, what kind of work you're in, how much you you earn. And that's going to raise a a lot of uh, issues for people. And since they're already halfway through a tax year, there's going to be some planning that has to happen on the back end to kind of adjust things for what they've already done for the first half of the year. For corporations, they got a big tax cut, but for multinationals, provisions are meant to prevent profit shifting, and that's going to raise some uh, complicated issues for for some of those companies because they're just kind of stuck in a holding pattern where they're trying to figure out how these provisions affect them and how it kind of interacts with uh, the rest of the code and other issues throughout their operations across the world. Right now, we're still waiting on a lot of guidance from the IRS, and they're expected to answer most of the big questions if not all of it, by the end of the year. But most people think that this is going to go on for uh, at least a couple of years because there's just so many complicated elements of this law that it's going to take a couple of years to really sort out what all of it means. We're not going to get too deep into the politics of this all, but we can't ignore the elephant and or donkey in the room. This is an election year after all. Yeah, absolutely. Both Republicans and Democrats are still trying to feel things out uh, in how they approach the, this topic and, and uh, discussing it with voters. For Republicans, it's clearly a big win, but they understand that not everyone is feeling the positive effects yet. And they're trying to emphasize how the bill is putting more money in uh, voters' pockets. Uh, one example that Steve Cooper got for uh, uh, tax notes today, Representative Kenny Marchant, uh, who uh, is uh, representing an area outside Dallas. And uh, he noticed that uh, a number of uh, the constituents in his area are salaried workers who tend to notice every little change of their paychecks because the, of the consistency. Wage earning workers, on the other hand, uh, tend to not notice those changes. And so one thing that he and other Republicans are trying to do is really emphasize that the increase uh, is already being seen in those paychecks and really trying to drive that point home to uh, hourly wage workers. For Democrats, the strategy is a little more complicated. They're highlighting the tax cuts as being mainly a benefit for the biggest corporations and for high-income households. But they're also being very careful to not try to paint them as entirely a bad thing. And they're really focused right now on what can we explain to people in terms of how these could have been better. And 
For example, Representative Richie Neal, the ranking member of the uh, House Ways and Means Committee, has said that one of their focuses is going to be on trying to show that these tax cuts are mainly for uh, high-income people and corporations. And their strategy is going to be to not focus on repeal and replace like Republicans did with uh, the Affordable Care Act, but instead how he can fix some of the inconsistencies and problems in the law, and especially focus on the state and local uh, tax deduction, which uh, has been a big issue for uh, especially uh, Democrats on the coast because of, of high tax rates there. Let's talk a little bit more about the corporate side, because a big promise of this bill was it would free companies to invest more in the United States and boost hiring. What's happening there? Well, that's one of the biggest questions of the first six months since the bill was enacted. There's no debate that companies are paying less in tax, and companies are hiring. The question that we have, though, is how much that hiring is a result of the tax cuts. And economists say the data so far is inconclusive. It's it's going to be very hard to figure out whether this is hiring that was already occurring or was going to happen anyway, and if the, the tax cuts have anything to do with that. And there's, there's plenty of data that show it's really up in the air right now as to, to how that's working. I think one of the uh, areas that we, we did a nice job on is uh, – Um, a story on the mergers and acquisitions side that shows the cross-border activity and overall deal volume has actually fallen in the first six months of the new law. There's a lot of reasons why that could be happening, and we went into some good detail uh, all about that. But it doesn't fit with the narrative that the backers of the tax cuts had been pushing. Have there been any other unintended consequences of the bill? There's a few items in the package that were meant uh, to help, but they've created a little unease for some people. One is the exemption levels for the estate tax. That's going to be a big help for families that have an estate valued at, for at least from the individual side, five to ten million dollars, give or take a few with inflation adjustments. But if the owner dies before 2026, when the higher threshold expires, that's when you get the benefit. If you don't die in the next eight years, it doesn't mean much to you, and that creates some problems for estate planners. Another issue for some of the estate planners is whether any of the the large gifts that people could give their families under this law uh, will be subject to a clawback provision once it expires. People are still waiting on IRS to provide that guidance, and so a great deal of uncertainty about what to do. In the meantime, estate planners are staying very busy trying to make adjustments for their, uh, their clients, but it's all work that could have to be redone in the next few years. And again, it's kind of a hard thing to, to do. How do you how do you make an entire plan based on the idea that uh, you might be dead in the next eight years? And if you're not, you have to create an entirely new estate tax plan. On the business side, there's also provision that allows private company employees to defer taxes on stock options. It's actually left companies, though, with a sense of dread that they're going to be forced to use it. To qualify for the break, stock options must be available to 80% of the company's employees, and the requirements are so restrictive that tax advisors say they're seeing very little interest in using the provision. Brett, where can listeners learn more about all this? We have a great package in the June 25th editions of all the Tax Notes publications. The package includes stories from our Capitol Hill team led by Stephen Cooper, Ryan Finley, and Amanda Athanasiu of Worldwide Tax Daily, Jonathan Curry and Stephanie Cummings of Tax Notes Today, and Amy Hamilton and Jad Shemsedin of State Tax Today. Excellent. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Dave. That's it for this week. 
You can follow me on Twitter at tax that's S-T-E-W. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at taxanalyst.org. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play to make sure you get the next episode of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk. Tax Analyst Inc. does not provide tax advice or tax preparation services. Nothing in the podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice. A full disclaimer is included in the transcript.